Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Dark Art Society podcast. My name is Chet Czar. I am your host, as usual. This is episode 128, and I have a really excellent interview with artist Vanessa Lemon. It gets heavy and deep in a, in a good way. It's kind of the uh, the 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 a good example of the way I really like the podcast to go um, into some deep issues, and I was really happy about it. So that's coming up shortly once I get past this intro. Um, okay, first off, let's let's talk about the. Um, Let's talk about what's going on in my life quickly. Nothing much has changed since the last time I spoke on here. I'm just still trying to get get my schedule together, and uh, I'm I'm on an early schedule now, waking up early, doing my meditation and all that business. So that's good. I'm sticking with it, feeling better about that. Um. Just trying to get caught up with study commissions, sketches I did. Oh, and I'm having, let me see. By the time this airs, it's Sunday now. By the time this airs, I should be having a big sale of oddball, one-off sculpture casts. Lots of glow-in-the-dark stuff. Lots of weird colors. This batch came out really cool. So I'm kind of excited about that. So that'll be at chetzar.bigcartel.com, and I'll be promoting it on the social media channels and all that jazz. I'm still, I, I let me, um, did I tell you that I got my car? I think I did. We got our new car because the other one got totaled. So I have a car now, which is nice. I think I said, talked about that last time. You know, I'm going to admit something to you. You're probably aware, but I don't um, really prep for any of this stuff other than the, the bare minimum. I just try and keep it loose and spontaneous. So that's why I often repeat myself and don't remember what I talked about before um, because I'm just winging it. I've, the fact that I've been able to do one, one of these a week and I've only missed one week you know, since starting on my own, especially after Mike left, is um, kind of surprising and shocking, but I'm trying to keep it going. So, <clears throat> but the downside is that, you know, it's sort of spontaneous, seat in my pants, wing it constantly, because that's all I can do <laughs> right now. So, uh, it seems to be working. People enjoy it. I get comments all the time that people really uh are enjoying it and started painting again that's a really kind of a cool thing to hear that people started painting after years of not painting and it's getting people interested in art again so that's cool so i'm happy about that so that's what's going on no uh we oh the the i think i talked about this too the dark art society podcast or the dark art society website is almost done and we are choosing a a launch date at this point because it's pretty much done. Uh, but I think I talked about that last time. So yeah, not much has changed. I went to go see a Robert Williams 
presentation last night, which was amazing at this uh, monthly, I think it's monthly art barbecue that artist Jonathan Swihart puts on. And that was really great. I think Robert is 76 now, but you know, just totally super sharp and still amazing. If, if you're not aware, you should look at his stuff because he's considered the father of lowbrow art. And he actually coined the term lowbrow accidentally. Um, but that was great. I uh, went out with my buddy Christopher Ulrich, who's coming on the podcast soon as well. So that was fun. I got out of the house. So that's about it. What's going on with me? Um, let's see. Oh, I still have my Patreon, my personal Patreon um, kind of drive going. I'm trying to get more subscribers. And you could still get that free glow in the dark gas mask pin. It's a really cool enamel pin. You get it for free for joining at any level. <clears throat> and that's at patreon.com slash chetzar. And thank you for everyone who's joined so far. I'm, I'm hitting the numbers I was hoping to, but I've still got, got a bit of a ways to go to get where I really need it to be. So I appreciate everyone's support. Um, I've said it before. It's, it's, it's changing my life you know, my art life and, and allowing me greater freedom to create more, uh, to create more artwork in a, in a more comfortable environment in a more creative environment to where there's less pressure on me to have to, to earn. Um, however, you know, I still have to do this sale next week cause I got a big bill coming up. So you see this cycle I'm in. I'm just trying to get out of the cycle. And I'm hoping that I can really turn this Patreon into something uh, amazing and really unusual and special and, and, and be able to uh, grow it into something uh, excellent. So that's my plan. But I need people subscribing to it to get to that point. So if you're at all interested, you could go to patreon.com slash chetzar and subscribe, even for a buck. I also opened up, I think there's four spaces open on the mentorship level, and the mentorship level is pricey. It's not cheap. It's 100 bucks a month, but you can only do it for a month or two if you want. <clears throat> but that is where I, I do like a, a monthly Skype session with the caller and talk face to face and give advice about you know where i think you need to go with your artwork what you need to improve on or any questions you have about the art making process um any questions about anything really but i primarily focus on focus on helping artists uh, find their weak spots and attack those and and improve them so that they can become better artists and I've got, I'm going to get some testimonials because everyone who's done it so far has just given me uh, a great feedback. They love it. They're so happy about it. So I do have four more spots open for that for anyone who's interested. Any artist that's looking to take their artwork to the next level, I think I can help you do that. Okay, so let's get on to the new Dark Art Society Patreon subscribers. And that is 
patreon.com slash darkheartsociety. That goes to supporting this podcast. And it's helping get this uh, website done and, and helping hopefully in, as we get more backers and subscribers and supporters, it will allow us to keep moving this, creating this momentum behind this movement. I've talked before about, you know, getting booths at conventions and educating people on why dark art is great and why it's the most valid and important art movement for this modern day. Um, so anyway, yeah. Patreon.com slash dark art society. Here are the new subscribers. I think I left off last week. Let me see. We had some deletions here, so I don't want to read those off. Um, I think I've got seeking Soma. Did I, I'm going to start way back. I know I said David Michael Wright for sure last time. So I'm going to read over some names just to make sure I get to the new ones and not leave anybody out. Okay. I've got David Michael Wright. I've got Seeking Soma. I got Joseph Raid, where I think I left. I, I mentioned that last week, but I'm saying it again. Joseph Raid, Seeking Soma, David Michael Wright. Thank you. Uh, Kaya Zankich. Thank you for joining, Kaya. And Javier Ortiz, built from sketch. That's what it says. So thank you, Javier Ortiz, built from sketch. And then we have Randall B. Perkins, Percasso. That's what it says. So thank you for supporting this. Everybody who's listening and not paying, you need to be send out a little thank you in your mind to all these people who are paying for this so that you can listen to it. Um, okay, that's it. Let's get to the five questions real quick. I just, I, I just asked a few uh, questions here. Uh, I asked, I'd solicited, solicited five questions quickly because I ran out last week and I forgot to get more. So I'm going to go to the Facebook, my Facebook page and pick five questions before we get on with the Vanessa Lemon interview. Uh, let's see. Have you, okay. Aiden Gonzalez, have you ever painted anything that you would like to create with makeup effects and whatnot, even just for your own enjoyment? I would say probably everything I've painted, I would love to see as a makeup effect. You know, I've mentioned before that my paintings are kind of an extension of my experience in makeup effects. I was all as, as a big, you know, being into makeup effects uh, since I was 12 years old and then getting in the business at around 18 and working in that industry for, you know, 20, 25 years, however long I was in there. Um, it was all about creating makeups and designing makeups. So I think in terms of that, really, uh, when I, with my paintings, I often think, how would I make that as a makeup or how would I, how would, how would I do that? And a lot of them would work as makeups. I can't, you know, nothing stands out any, uh, any more than another really because I think they all would make really cool makeups. And of course, that's my ultimate goal with all of this stuff is the dystopia project. 
and creating a movie once I get this book done. Um, not, you know, again, I'm, I want to apologize for the book being so late. It's, I'm just, I'm doing the best I can with it. I'm, I'm, I'm I've, I had this realization that I already kind of knew the other day, like I just have too much on my plate, you know, just in order to keep the money coming in, I've had to accept way too much work. So I'm just in this crazy hamster wheel that I can't get out of, which is why I'm trying to get this Patreon going. Because that's, you know, I feel like it's my only hope, hope to get off this. Otherwise, it's just going to be this like uh, repeating cycle where I have to just keep taking work on, taking work on, and then having too much to do and then just be constantly working until I die, basically, <laughs> until I have a heart attack or something. But uh, yeah, once I get this book done, I, you know, you know, I've said it a million times. I want, I want to make a movie. I want to make a TV series. I think it would be fucking amazing. I, I, I can see it. I could. I know the music that would be in it. I know the vibe. It would be amazing. So cool. Just imagine my paintings, but in reality. And there's really a, an amazing story in that world too. That that um, you know the the dystopia book is just kind of like the basic guidelines to that reality, and it's not even the story. There's also this amazing story in there of you know, this kind of power struggle and, you know, the basic battle of good, good versus evil type thing, but it's really interesting and cool. Okay. So that's question one. Uh, Benjamin Kraft, what kind of music are you listening to these days? You know what I've been listening to these days? I've been listening to super cheesy seventies AM radio pop music, like the shittiest, cheesiest, lamest music from the 70s and i don't know why that is because <laughs> i just started doing it and uh it gives me the creeps you know it's it's so it's a weird thing because these songs they freak me out like they give they give me this kind of nostalgic feeling but also this sort of sick feeling in the pit of my stomach because i have you know this is this is when my the early 70s, mid 70s, I'd say early 70s, I guess, is where, you know, a lot of my childhood trauma started. And, and these sweet, you know, saccharine, sweet 70s pop songs were playing in the background during all of the chaos and all of the empty feelings and all, all of the trauma and pain that was happening so i've got this it's kind of like uh reservoir dogs where the guy's dancing around cutting the guy's ear off and you got that kind of upbeat 70s song juxtaposed against this horrible act of violence it's kind of like that it was kind of like that for me so i hear these songs and it's like strangely strangely in inspiring and nostalgic I don't know. It's part of me processing the trauma, perhaps. I don't know. So that's what I've been listening to lately, actually. Uh, okay, Laura Rathbone. I worked with Laura at Paul McCarthy's for a short time. Um, the the fine artist Paul McCarthy. That's a good story, actually. I I'll save that for another time. Working there, I did some weird. Had to work on some really weird shit. <laughs> Oh my God. Okay. So 
what was your first sculpture? Uh, My first, okay, there's kind of two first sculptures, depending on how you want to look at it. My first ever sculpture, well, no. I mean, I I used to sculpt in kindergarten. I remember uh, sculpting things in, in ceramic clay and the teacher firing them, which is pretty cool. I think I have them somewhere. Maybe my sister probably has has them because she's kind of the family archivist, arch, archivist, archivist. Um, you know, and then high school, high school, I took a ceramics class. I make, made a pretty cool coffin with a skeleton in it. Uh, but my first, you know, real mask sculpture when I was like, okay, I want to learn to make up effects. When I it was, I remember it was the summer before the seventh grade. So I was probably 12 years old, I think. And I sculpted a Phantom of the Opera mask, just front half. And, oh, no, no. That was my second sculpture. See, I'm all messed up. I sculpted a mask, just a regular like monster face, just like a face mask, because I wanted to learn how to make masks. And it was terrible. I sculpted it on a like an old pitcher, like a, a milk pitcher, like this plastic or a water pitcher. Cause it was roughly, you know, kind of a, um, cylindrical shape that I could kind of make a face on and it sucked bad. It was so bad, like terrible, but it was just doing the first one was amazing. And I molded it and I made a mask out of it. Um, the Phantom of the Opera one was the second one I sculpted. And that one actually, I remember at the time thinking it was pretty good. Uh, my first fine art sculpture, though, was Soft Spot, if you've seen the Soft Spot sculpture. So I have a few first, depending on you know, where you want to start at. Okay, so that's three. My son, Fritz, CJ's R. Why did you name me Fritz? Okay. Well, that was my idea. My wife's Lisa's brother was named Fritz, and I always thought that was kind of a cool name and kind of funny and quirky, and just I just liked the name. So um, we named you we named you Fritz because I thought it was a cool name. So there, Fritz. Okay, so that's number four. Let's try and get number five, a good one here. Eric's ah, that one's silly. Sorry, Eric Sazo, but that's too silly. Um, uh, hmm, here's a good one. Ken Carano. I've read many artists say to keep your shadow areas opposite from your main subject in terms of warm versus cool. I have tried this, but at times feel like it doesn't fit as good. Do you intentionally do this, or do you just let the look of the piece dictate the end result? Now, that's a great question. I find that the principle works for sure. Um, you know, cool highlights, warm shadows, or warm highlights, cool shadows. You, you, know, you could, I'm not sure you're, you're um, you know, I'd have to see the painting, the paintings you're talking about where you've had issues with that. But it's one thing to keep in mind is that the cool, warm thing is so slight. You know, just just mix. You can mix um, 
it doesn't have to be like super warm versus super cool. It just has to be a little bit warm or a little bit cool. And it really makes the difference. Now there's an artist. I, I watched this great YouTube video on that. Um, uh, Kenny rains. Uh, uh, he's, he was a student at one of my classes and friends with him on Facebook. He sent me, uh, and I completely forgot the dude's name. If I remember, I'll, I'll say it, but he talked about, um, Rather than warm, cool highlights, warm shadows, he was like, cool highlight, and then your next value down should be warm, and then your next value should be cool, and your next should be warm. So it should be alternating cool, warm, cool, warm. And I found that that's like, that works amazing as well. Now, to be honest, I didn't discover cool versus warm until, um, you know, probably, I don't know five years ago or something. And I'd been painting for a long time before that because I'm self-taught, you know, I don't, I'm always learning and, and I, I, I didn't have a formal education in art. So, but I looked back on a lot of my work and I see that I was doing that uh, intuitively, you know, cause basically what I would do when I would paint was I could tell when something looked right or wrong. And so oh, my dog's snoring and Let's see if you can hear. Well, he's snoring. So if you hear a weird sound, it's not me. Um, I was, you know, I was able, I had an eye, so <clears throat> I could see what looked good. I didn't always know how to get there, but I knew that if I kept messing with the painting, there he goes, I could get there. So that's what I used to do when I was first painting, you know, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And eventually I would, I would land there and it, and it tended to be, you know, a uh, warm, cool uh, relationships. So, but have, you know, thank you. Yeah. He's snoring pretty loud. Um, so yeah, I, you know, if, if it's not something you're feeling at this moment, don't worry about it. Just paint. It's, it's, to me, it's one of those things that is just like, it's a little rule of thumb to consider if you're having trouble. If something's not looking right, you can go, okay, well, you know, I, I tend to approach things where I'm not super technical about color in that way. Like I'm like super planning it out. I just kind of go for it once I have my study done. And if I get, you know, something's not looking right. I'll go, okay, maybe I should pay more attention to warms and cools and see if I can work that out. Um, so yeah, that's my advice. I guess that was five, right? One, two, three, four. Okay. All right. There's your intro. Uh, now get ready for a really great interview with an amazing artist, Vanessa Lemon. She, her, her work is outstanding. As far as I'm concerned, it's, it's, it's very, very inspiring to me. And she was really fun to talk to and very open and very honest. And uh, it was a great conversation, like I mentioned. So I hope you enjoy it. And here you go. Hey, Vanessa. Hello. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> Thank you for coming on the show. 
Um, Thank you for having me. <laughs> very excited to have you on. I, I only discovered your work through Chris Velasco fairly recently at the last show he curated. Yeah. So I don't know yeah. wh where I've been for, for all these years because you've been creating work for a while. Yes, I have been. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just out of the loop. You're kind of in a different scene, though, in a way. You're like in the muddy colors scene. Right, I didn't that, know that was a scene. <laughs> I don't know. It's like it's like more. I don't know. Kind of the illustration crowd, maybe. Not that you're doing illustration, mm -hmm. but you, you know, all those guys like the um, one Fantastic Week guys, and yeah, that's like the fantasy illustrators and stuff, right? Yeah. Are, it's it seems yeah. like you're really involved in the muddy colors thing. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> maybe there's well, not. muddy colors is you know. I think it involves all types of art. Oh, for um, sure. For sure. But yeah. I mean, there's that, there's that whole, uh, it's, you know, it's a, it's a good group to be in because it's like people, everyone in there could paint like amazing. They're all like mm -hmm. really, really good. And it's, I don't know, maybe I'm talking total bullshit, but it, it seems like our, our little dark art circle is mm -hmm. kind of separate and I'm, you know, we're trying to cross pollinate and, you know, blend the two but you know yeah well, i think that's happening now anyway just across the boards yeah. everything's kind of you know across it crossing over and uh i like that it's doing that because me too you know the fact that you're bringing this up is it's um it's like people do want to know what i call myself like as far as the kind of art i do they want to know where I came from, where, where, where have you been? I've never seen you before. Like when I just, you know, um, there's that too. And, um, I don't know, you know, just, I have a, a pretty eclectic background. So, um, and I've always just really done my thing right? And yeah. it fit here or fit there exactly. or fit there. And, um, I thought, Oh, great. You know, I didn't, uh, just pin pigeonhole myself into one thing. Right. So, now it's because of the crossing over of a lot of things. Um, it's working, mm -hmm. you know, it's, I'm able to be in all those different things, but, um, you know, for people who are just joining the art world, uh, they may not know that it was never always this easy to cross over into gallery and illustration, right. and dark art and, and, or fantasy or sci-fi and, mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, then there's the whole just classical foundation side with the, with the atelier system right. and and painting from life and uh, and that that's even its own little scene with like Sean Cheatham and uh, Jeremy Lipking and yeah. you know these really amazing kind of academic painters and mm -hmm. and they do yeah, and the it's academic. like yeah and we do like we like all <laughs> kind of know each other periphery yeah you know yeah so it's kind of it's great i love it and it and it does cross over now so yeah. um and i've kind of been in all of those so right um i'm and i'm grateful to be able to still be in all of those and be able to be you know i have a dark art show over here but then i did you know the work for Ursula Le Guin for Eftan of Darkness last year for illustration, you know, they're fine art, their paintings mm. um, and people who see them maybe in a gallery or in a show somewhere would call it fine art, not knowing that they were done for actually an illustration job. So right. I've never really separated all those 
you know, the words illustration and, and fine art, I've never separated them in right. my own world in what I do. Yeah. Um, yeah. I totally agree. I, I mean, in some case, in many cases, I, I kind of like illustration better than I like fine art. <laughs> you know, it's like the, the thing about illustration is the, the technique is always, it has to be great. You can't really get away with, uh, you can't really half-ass it in illustration and you can kind of half-ass it in fine art sometimes, you know? I think, um, Hmm. I'm going to disagree <laughs> with that. You but... can't, you can't put a pair of socks on the, on the floor in the corner and call it a piece of art in illustration, but you can in the fine art world. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I see where you're coming from with that. And maybe that's true. Although I do think that people half-ass it in all things. That's, that's, <laughs> there is half-assing to be had <laughs> there is, yeah, everywhere we go. <laughs> that's true. Especially nowadays. <laughs> yeah. So, um, that's what I was disagreeing with. Yeah. I just, I, I, I just, I, I, um, I just love illustration and, and it's always been, I don't know. In the fine art world, it's kind of looked down upon like, and it's, and it's fun. It's just funny to me because, you know, most of the, the illustrators are better painters than, than the, a lot of the fine artists, you know? Yeah. I guess speaking. again, I'm not, I see it crossed over so much that I don't really c even compare, right. uh, you know, that's, so I don't, that's, that's the best attitude to have. I think, I mean, there are bottom. Yeah, line, exactly. You know, it's just art. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I love, I love your work so much. It's so amazing. It really is. It's like, I see your stuff and I think, man, I gotta, I gotta break out of my shell. I need to experiment more. I feel uh -huh. this way with Dos Diablos. I don't know if you know his artwork. Yeah. Yeah. He's the same way. It's like, ah, oh, just, I want that. I want that freedom. You know, I'm feeling mm -hmm. a little bit like too, too representational or something with my work lately. And it's like, I want to, I want to get back to the weirdness of the abstract. Oh, I'm sorry. Someone's at the door, I guess this will happen <laughs> probably a few times. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I love that. I love that. You know what I love about your work is that you combine. Oh, hey, leave it. Sorry. <laughs> I love that. Uh, you, you have this amazing combination of like, abstract kind of backgrounds and then these really figurative representational figures but they're weird and <laughs> ghostly and not like you know a naked lady on a couch who looks all regular flesh tones it's like your stuff is very it's like it's uh i don't know kind of cosmic or trans yeah. tran transcendent maybe it's not yeah you know? i also fit into that world too <laughs> you know, that's, so there's another one too. right right visionary to art yeah, which is fun. I really it's like cool. that. It's like you're like touching on all of yes, those things. It's amazing. I do. I, I, I like being able to say that um, someone in that world, you know, found something that someone else in like the dark art world saw as dark art, you know? Yeah. Because um, I, if, I, if I were to call myself a dark artist, which, you know, I don't even know if I do. I don't even know if I call myself any kind of artist, but... Um, then it's more psychological for me, the psychological mm -hmm. dark. Part. Right. Um, yeah, for sure. And less, you know, horror or that kind of thing. Um, horror, it, it depends on it. Like horror can touch on that too, the psychological part for sure. But um, I know what you're saying. Not I exactly, gore. Yeah, not I know gore. exactly what you're saying. I, I've talked about yeah. this a lot of times on the podcast is the, 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 
the, you know, the, the whole dark art thing is that we just are, I just decided to like accept the term because yeah. that's what everybody called my stuff and, and the, and the kind of work that other people were doing. I just start, I just kind of said, you know what, it's a, it's a, it's a known term now. Let's just go with it. Who mm-hmm. cares? You know, what's in a name that the work makes, makes the, the, the term good not vice versa, you know? So let's just go with dark art and kind of use it to um, help create an identity for ourselves. Yeah, for sure. You know, but, um, yeah. but I've often said that there, there is a wide range that would be considered dark art and on the, on the kind of lower end, it's like, or maybe not the most interesting end of it. There is just straight up um, horror and, you know, not a lot of depth of meaning. Or not a lot of mystery. It's more just like, ah, you know, the gore stuff. Yeah, yeah. the gore stuff, or the uh, yeah. or the uh, uh, in, uh, black metal album covers and stuff. Which you know what, mm-hmm. I, I like that stuff. Yeah, it, as it's as as its own thing. It's like I'm cool with that. But you know, it's it can be so deep on the other end. Very like what what I am mostly interested in is that dark psychological angle. Yeah, and the kind yeah. of the depth that you're like kind of purging something from really deep within on a psychological level or a spiritual level right so yeah it's uh there's a huge latitude in there for mm-hmm. in, in, in the term dark art and and again it's like it's all art doesn't matter but it's kind of a you know in a way it's a way to that we can market ourselves and yeah and identify yeah. ourselves you know because people kind of need that Right. And it's like we just named several different types of art within that genre itself. So there's still a lot to do within it. Right. Um, And again, it crosses over into other things like the spiritual or, you know, um, sci fi fantasy, that kind of stuff. Definitely. Um, But uh, yeah, I, I, like I, I remember hearing the first time I heard that I was a sci-fi fantasy artist. I thought, "What are you talking about? <laughs> when did that happen?" But yeah, um, yeah. So I don't like I said. I've never just really put myself into a, a specific box. Yeah, that's, <laughs> several boxes, maybe. Yeah, yeah. You don't even need, though you don't need to because you know you're doing your own thing, which is the most important thing an artist can do is do their own thing and have their own unique identity. I still have the the things that you said though that you admire in my work you said but also in um Dos Diablos and mm. um you were talking about just expanding or experimenting that kind of stuff and I definitely I think I feel that every day I don't think I that 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 there's a, a point where you go I'm I'm there I'm Oh I'm, yeah I've met <laughs> I've successfully experimented as much as I can. <laughs> yeah, like, right. Everybody would be like, yeah, sure, buddy. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's why that's why I say uh painting, especially oil painting, I think, but any any painting, that's why it's so enjoyable because it's so fucking hard to do and there's so many, you know, there's so much to learn. Like my I remember my dad before he died when he was he told me, you know, I, he's like, I didn't really feel like I, I knew what I was doing until I was 50. Mm-hmm. And he was started painting, I think, in his 20s or maybe 20 or something. Yeah. And, and how, when it, what, sorry about this, but how old was he when he passed away? Uh, he it's was practical. he was too young, really. He was like 73, I think, maybe. Oh, okay. But he died. He died. It was it was weird. He died because my mom died a year before mm-hmm. of uh, bone cancer. 
and he was just he just it just it killed him it killed mm. him it was weird it's like you, you ever hear those stories about couples that die within a year of themselves that was it it was like they yeah. were they were so close mm. and um it's weird that we're talking about this because i was telling this to somebody the other day actually um <clears throat> he said he at one point he was he was like a buddhist he meditated every day he mm-hmm. worked out he was super healthy and um so i expected he would live to be like a hundred yeah but, but he told me at one point after my mom died he's like and he and it was it it was just this pure real honesty in his voice it wasn't like sadness or depression or feel bad for me at all he was just like you know with your mother gone i just honestly don't really feel like there's you know anything to live for anymore you know mm. it was really it was kind of sad but it was sort of like him just sort of stating the facts you know and then he got he ended up getting this uh this weird virus that the doctors couldn't figure out what it was and then he just died within like a few days it was a, kind of amazing it was weird mm. sorry sorry to get, sorry to bring the the podcast down but it, no i did ask um <laughs> and i was asking because you mentioned his his uh, his age mm. and saying that he didn't realize until, uh, you know, after right. his fifth, he turned 50 that, uh, what was it? He realized what oh, that, you that he said, he felt like he finally knew what he was doing. Paint, yeah. That's paint, it. You know? Yeah. And, um, I guess I was wondering, you know, how much time he had with that realization. So yeah, 20, about years. Tw- 20 years or so. The funny thing is I think he did some of his best work in the seventies and eighties. Yeah. You know, so I mean, that's kind of his classic. He, he just, I think just the style he was doing was so uh, great, so detailed. But as he got older, he was more into, he was all about getting like the brightest colors he could. It was oh, weird. Yeah. Pure, pure color. He was all about pure color in his later paintings. So it was really interesting to watch this. Uh, that is interesting. You know, because in the 70s and 80s, it was very earthy. He was painting a lot of Native Americans and like cowboys, but really, you know, but that was really in then. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The color he, schemes for sure. Where, yeah. you know, yeah, that, that whole thing was. I, I love that stuff. I love mm-hmm. earth. We had and, in our house um, growing up, we had a lot of those. Well, you know, of course, because we were probably growing up around the same time. If yeah. you're talking about that time period, but um, I, we had a lot of like, you know, the antiques, but they're, it's all like wood and dark. Yeah. And, yeah. Right. That's the color um, of the seventies. <laughs> yeah. Wood. Yeah. The seventies are dark wood colored. <laughs> yeah. We even had, I think like a couple walls that had that, like, you know, the grass wallpaper. Right. Like, it actually, yep. it was like woven. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but yeah, at that time on the stuff on the walls, we had uh, Bruegel's. My oh, dad wow. really liked Bruegel. So we had these huge prints of Bruegel, a few of them in our house that were like four feet wide, five feet wide. How cool. They're huge. And um, yeah, so I, I kind of grew up with this darker kind of, you know, vibe to what the art was, what, you know, there I were can- some other things we had in our house too, but. Um, again, Blake. You know? Oh wow! <laughs> so you know, <laughs> sound like you have cool parents. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. We had all of his, his. Our paintings just were full of our our house was just full of my dad's paintings. So and it was all that kind of seventies, 
it was kind of like fantasy. It was very like Frazetta, Boris Vallejo influence, but weird spiritual, spiritual meditating guys and women, but all those kind of earthy tones. But that, this is a good segue into let's hear, you know, are you from (laughs) Cal, are you Southern California, uh, born? Northern California. Oh, Northern California. You're in, but you're in Southern California now or? Yeah. Okay. Carlsbad. You definitely so, sound like a, a native Californian to me, and I'm a native Californian, so that's how I can tell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There is a sound. There's a sound um, and an attitude of people yeah. from California. It's kind of like laid back, <laughs> chill. <laughs> yeah, especially within, I guess, more of the art artists mm-hmm. we know from, from California. But um, Yeah, you, born where, in Northern California, which okay. is, to anyone outside of California who doesn't know, is... A lot different. Yeah, <laughs> northern and, Cal- and southern California. Um, my, I still have, you know, I don't know. I guess my heart sort of still belongs to Northern California, mm-hmm. even though I've lived here for more than half my life now, for sure. But there's stuff about here for sure that I absolutely love down here. So I, you know, yeah, yeah. But I love that, you know, up in Northern California we were kind of in near Sacramento. So, um, growing up, so we lived near the American river, but, Mm. um, you could go to Tahoe, uh, or you could go to, you know, Santa Cruz, you could go to the mountain in Santa Cruz, like mountains and the beach are right in the same place, you know, um, and huge redwoods, you know, and just, so it's probably a, a nostalgia thing as well is not only, um, you know, just like, how special that when you look back at time and when you're a kid, you know, that's beautiful camping and things. Yeah. Yeah. It's very outdoorsy. And, uh, but still they have, you know, as far as I know, there's still that kind of California attitude laid sort of laid back. Yeah. Attitude out there. The West coast. It is. is It's a little different, but yeah. Right. Yeah. In like the direction of, of the chill laid back thing. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I don't know. I guess it's more of like, um, and, and this is way more of a generalization because this exists down here too. And, it, and this type of vibe here exists up there too. Mm-hmm. But um, there's a lot more open land, people who live on the, on farms. Right. And, and that's that's what we grew up with. I grew up with. And so, um, you know, people have farm animals and, um, uh, but it's still very nature driven, still very, I mean, we, because of, because of the nature of our weather, first of all, you know, it's it's pretty great (laughs) (laughs) across the whole state in different ways, but you know, we're we're pretty, we're pretty, um, hashtag blessed. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. This is true. That's why I'm not moving anywhere anytime soon. Um, So how did you, were you, were you an art kid? Were you always drawing since you were? Always. Yeah. Since you were little and the art weird kid in school and all that stuff. Yeah. (laughs) uh, Not not an uncommon answer on this podcast. Right. Um, I think, you know, I'd love to hear, I actually should listen to even more of them because I'd love to hear the different ways that people are, or were an outcast sort of growing up as an artist. Yeah. 99% of the artists who come in the podcast were like the outcast at school that could draw, you know? Yeah. But I mean, I think there's different ways of that. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I always wanted to be this like dark, gloomy looking person, but I like clearly, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like the lightest of light here. <laughs> um, and yeah, you look very then, California. Yeah. You look very Southern California, actually. Yeah. Like um, surfer, surfer girl. <laughs> yeah. I've been told that a few times. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> but yeah, so I think that didn't really go together. And it's not only a way of being that um, you were an outcast, but then I was sort of an outcast from the outcast. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> or at least I felt like it because, you know, growing up, you feel those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. It's not, it probably wasn't what anyone was thinking. Well, I don't know, was thinking or saying. People were pretty, generally pretty cool growing up. I didn't really have a lot of issues. And I don't mind, I think maybe if you had issues being an outcast in some way, it would be tough to grow up that way. Right. But it, I think most people that did grow up with that vibe or feeling or whatever energy they felt like they had as that kind of whatever that term means, outcast. Mm-hmm. I think we kind of put ourselves there because we do actually like to be alone right. <laughs> on our own more than um, doing the social thing too much. Good point. But I think um, our you know, social thing is important nowadays for sure, especially with everything else we have that, you know, we didn't have back then, but, yeah, um, it, it became a thing that we all have to do right uh, with our work. Yeah. And so it does require, it is required. Yeah. It was, uh, a, so. yeah, it was a skill I had to develop, you know, in my thirties when I started going to shows and stuff, I didn't really, you know, I wasn't great. <clears throat> talking to strangers and networking and all that stuff. I had to really work at it. Yeah. You know, yeah. Now, now I interview strangers like once a week on this podcast and you know, yeah. you, you can do it. <laughs> I think, um, you know, I like talking to strangers and I've always been really good with that, but I, I, I guess there's things we all learn. Um, I, I enjoy it, but it doesn't mean that I'm good at it. Right. <laughs> uh, so my issue is I talk, I'm pretty direct mm-hmm. and um, it's not direct in a rude way. It's just, I just say the thing, you right. know, whatever the thing is. And um, I think maybe some people are used to <laughs> being talked to in an indirect way. Yeah, a lot, so for sure. Like hidden meanings or something. For so sure. they think that when you say something, clearly the way you meant it they go what do you mean by that right you're being rude <laughs> i meant <this> thing. <laughs> but i have been known to like laugh when people say something that i thought was funny and then i found out like figure out split seconds later that it wasn't meant to be funny you yeah. know like that kind of stuff is my awkwardness and social social aspects yeah we're all that way i think i think most of us are that way yeah in so the, in the art community <clears throat> so okay uh you were you were the art kid. How did you? I mean, how did you wind up where you are now? I mean, did you go to art school? Or, or? yeah, okay. well, I was an I was an art. I didn't go to art school. I went to I I um went to school for art, but just regular like universities. Mm. Um, and then um, but I, I also was playing sports. That was I was huge in soccer, like wow. huge, like ridiculously obsessed with soccer and played on like three teams Mm. when I was growing up and traveled, you know, and all that and played really competitively. So Mm. um, interesting. That's, that's pretty unusual. 
Yeah, that's that what I was going to say is that other part of the outcast is being the outcast of the outcast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like you're in sports. <laughs> I forget what that movie was uh, that John John Malkovich was in. Uh, the, mo- the art school, art school confidential. Oh yeah, right, right. <clears throat> you know, where that one like jock walks in and everyone's like, what is he doing here? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so my dad was the same way. He was, he was the, uh, the captain of the football team and it was like, he was really good at sports and, yeah. uh, it, it was either art or football. He ended up going with art. Yeah. I did end up going with art clearly. Yes. Um, but it, you know, scholarships were for soccer, um, and that kind of thing oh, when wow. I was deciding on, yeah, and so I remember that was actually a really big turning point because um, my dad was a huge part of my life growing up as a soccer player and then having these scholarships and going to talk to everybody at the schools um, and finding like their art program wasn't very good or or even more if they had an art program that was okay. Um they didn't really want you majoring in art because it takes up so much of your time. Mm. Uh, the classes are three hours long as opposed to the hour and a half or whatever that classes are right. normally or usually, um, or, you know, around there. And, um, so your day is a lot longer, uh, in, in school. You don't have time to, you know, be training and everything if you're going to go be on the team. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, going home from all that and really needing to think about what I was going to do, that was one of those big decisions, you know, to make. But I think my heart was already there anyway, you know. I was in music as well, and I had already sort of decided that music would be something I just kind of do at home uh, on my own, but that, um, you know, art was what I wanted to do if I had to choose between art and music. And then then it was sports and art. (laughs) And... To be able to use the scholarships would have been great, but I actually went with none of those that were specific schools for good teams because um, of not having good art in the school. That it wasn't a, an option for me. Right. So, and then having to tell my dad, you know, ah, I'm not going to take any of those, and, <laughs> you know, but he's always been really supportive. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, my that's dad, cool. My dad just passed away this year too. So oh, sorry. I was wondering about that um, too. Yeah, I actually was wondering too because it's it's um he he told me a lot of things towards that end you know the last couple years of his life now that I can say that it was towards the end of his life I didn't know then but um um but he would say the same kinds of things and I think it's important to share it it's not morbid or not sad to talk about this like you said you know apologize earlier but I think we forget to say things like not about regrets, but you know, there are still things that we want to do that we haven't done yet Mm -hmm. and let's not put them off too much longer. Um, and those kind of conversations that we've had with our dads that told us, you know, I don't think I really knew what I wanted to do with art until I was 50 and, you know, I'm, you know, getting there. (laughs) Right. So, uh, I am, I'm there. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, I don't, I respect, I really appreciate being told those kinds of things because, uh, it makes me feel better about having not known exactly, but going back to the earlier conversation, um, 
I feel better anyway because the world has shifted and different things have happened where like these things are crossing over, like we were saying, where I kind of stuck to what I was doing instead of going, well, this seems to be working, so I'm going to do this, or this seems to be working, so I'm going to do right. this. I was like, well, <laughs> I'm just going to keep doing this and, and uh, <laughs> see where it can fit, you know? Right. Um, and all the while I'm growing and evolving too. So um, I can allow for that. I think I did work in a greeting card company for eight years and that was, I still was doing my thing on the outside of that, but greeting card company, I could have been held back from doing that had I just focused on only doing that for many years more. Cause that's already a long time. You were doing illustrations for greeting cards? Yeah. Oh, okay. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, I mean held back like because I had so much more to do and give right. to my art um, and not being able to explore that would be uh, a travesty. <laughs> I know. I felt the same way in the makeup effects business, you know, yeah. it was like every, that got to a point where every day I was just like, uh, I'm wasting my life here doing this. I've got this thing that means so much to me and I'm just yeah. not able to devote enough time to it and it was it was just crushes your soul <clears throat> really does. yeah and it's not even that you hated like you know that thing was so horrible no right we yeah going. it was a great um, mine was a fucking great <laughs> job it was like the best job paid well it was fun you could make monsters all day but still it wasn't the thing you know right. the thing i was meant to do right and the, i think if you always have that feeling you really are not living your you know, totally fully. Um, yeah, I agree. And that feels horrible. <laughs> it does. Some people don't feel that. Right. They're, and that's, they're lucky. <laughs> I wonder, you know, there is that theory too, that that can be a lucky thing. Just, yeah. Just to be able to, I don't, you know, it's, I think it was Robert Williams. I heard say one time that you shouldn't, I've heard a lot of artists say this actually, but you shouldn't be an, a professional artist unless it's the only thing you can do. It's the only thing you really, you, you're obsessed by it. Yeah. You have to do it. Yeah. I can tell, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like he was, he was basically saying, unless it's something that you're completely obsessed with and you have to do it almost like a compulsion, <clears throat> that you shouldn't, that you should not pursue it as a profession because it's so difficult professionally. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I, I think that's yeah. kind of true. You have to, it has to be, yep. it has to be that important to put up with all the bullshit that comes with it. There is that there's the bullshit, um, in terms of like the business part of it. Right. I mean, it just, but, uh, as far as your own work ethic and, and that kind of thing, there's that too. Right. Um, but then there's also knowing how you get some people paint. And they basically, you know, project an image and, and fill it in. Right. Um, and they're done when it's filled in. And um, <laughs> I don't paint like that at all. I know. Um, <laughs> and I think it's obvious to see it, but I don't mean it in a technical way that that is not how I paint. And I don't mean to put down that because there is a place for that, especially for sure. in like the illustration world where you're trying to get work done. You've already given them the, a thumbnail and it needs to stick to that thumbnail or the comp that you've you've already sent in right. then you know you, you you project your work or however you can to get it to be that same um there on your larger image but 
Um, I don't mean it in that way. I mean that there's a whole lot of discovering and exploring in the actual making of the work to me. Uh, and I've done, and I do both, you know, where if I am doing a kind of more of like a spec job or something, then it has to be that other kind. Not that I really ever project because I just feel like I go faster when I just paint and, and let it come out. Mm -hmm. But, um, that, um, I don't, I would be missing, I would be missing that part of it. Um, and some people don't miss that part of it. They love just the, you know, doing the drawing and, and, and doing the painting and, yeah, and like the construction of the thing. Yeah. You know? Um, and, and who knows? I mean, again, like you said, if you don't ever, if you haven't felt it or then uh, maybe that's a good thing or <laughs> I forget how you said that, but, <laughs> right. um, it's kind of the same way in art. If you if you've worked a certain way and you hadn't worked another way, then you don't know that that's something that you would want to do or try. Right. Um, maybe you know, but sometimes when you look at other um, people's work, you wonder. I wonder what's happening there. I wonder how they did that. I wonder. You know, I want to try doing that, whatever it is. Right. Not necessarily the energy or the 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 message but just like that like corner of a painting that you're like look at that how that texture is working right it looks like there was you know a glaze over the top of a really chunky dried <laughs> like lead white you know paint yep. or something. And you just want to go home and try that kind of thing and then and then i know from working in greeting cards i had to work in someone else's hand i had to work in materials i didn't you know i wasn't familiar with at least at first and um um, so you have to learn uh, how to make something look a certain way, not even using the tools that might have gotten there. Like, you know, I just mentioned glaze going over a lead white, you know, chunky lead white. And you could say, how can I make that? But I've only got alcohol markers. Right. You know, how can I make it look like that with yep. these tools? And so I guess that's always just been something that's so fascinating to me to not only learn how an artist works and like, like old master studies and that kind of thing, like in the whole, you know, um, academic side of my upbringing or whatever. But, um, but also then how to just make that look with these new things. Right. So, yeah. Even, digi even digitally. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Digital is definitely like that too. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so many interesting things you brought up. <laughs> one thing, <laughs> one thing I want to go back to is that uh, I think it is important to talk about things like death. And and you mentioned this on the uh, and I, I did a little bit of research before we did this, and you brought up something on the one fantastic week podcast. I think it was an old one, maybe, where you mm -hmm. said um, that it's important to talk about things so you know other people don't feel weird about it. <clears throat> which is yeah you know i think it was talking about uh sam's spiritual he said he had oh kind yeah of like, that's right that's yeah. right i remember that yeah he had just mentioned that in the he had posted about having a dream right and he having said, a dream and it was like a felt like a spirit it felt real it felt oh yeah right, that's what it right. was the word real <laughs> i was questioning him on the word real but you were talking about also how, how it's it's good to talk about that stuff just so other people don't feel weird about talking about it and i think that specifically goes for death 
Yeah. Because it's so, it's like, it's the big thing and nobody talks about it. It's so weird that nobody, you know, people, even like I said, I, I apologize for bringing the podcast down, but really it's like, it's, it should be part of regular conversation because we're all going to do it. And, you know, everybody who's died has done it. And it's like, you know, it's, it's a big part of life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I learned a lot from those few months of my dad's, you know, uh, sudden decline in, in health and then his death, um, this year that, uh, um, well, I learned a lot. I mean, I don't have to get into it, but, uh, I learned a lot about other people, which I learned a lot about when I was in a car accident five years ago and, uh, it was a pretty serious one. And, just how people reacted and wanted to not talk about it or talk right. about it, um, help or not help. Um, and, and also about myself because I am pretty tough, but you know, I come across like tough, but not in a tough, like, you know, uh, like yell and scream online type of person, mm-hmm. but just like I, I can handle it type of tough, I guess. Right. Right. And, um, I'm chill, mellow. Um, and so I think people just think that I and and people like me don't, aren't bothered, you know? Right. Um, like we're, we're moving on. We got this. We're tough. We're chill. We'll be back. Right. You know, and especially if you're not reacting in the public eye, like I'm having such a hard time with this or, you know, um, crying in public or crying to even your close friends or something, then, Mm. then people don't think that you're bothered. Um, uh, so yeah, I think that's another reason to talk, you know, Mm -hmm. because I didn't just realize, I think it would make other people, it would help for other people, uh, if I spoke up a little more, um, but it would also help me. It would help me not only, to speak up and learn how to talk about it more, but also it would help me when I actually do need someone to talk to or listen. (laughs) Yeah, so true. I don't reach out, you know, if you don't, if you don't reach out and you are that person that's, you know, a lot of times kind of goes inward, Mm -hmm. which again, a lot of these of us outcast type people are, then, and you, but you sometimes really do want someone you know, yeah, we all need that at some time in our lives. It's part of being yeah. human, you know. And there's nothing wrong with it. Right. You know, it's okay. <laughs> it's a good thing, really. Yeah, it's a good it really thing. is. Yeah. So, you know, there's really interesting things that 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 just death itself or near death, like the car accident, right. um, brings up, and then you want to kind of like shout from the rooftops about it, you know? Yeah. To everyone about, um, hey, so, yeah, it can be really helpful if we all communicate and, <laughs> right. and connect more. All you can do is is be that person that that communicates more, I suppose, because I think the the problem is most people, because it's it's kind of <clears> deni- <throat> the the idea of of death is really pushed away and denied. We don't have any like, uh, we don't have any skills to talk about it. You know, yeah. it's not yeah. taught in the culture. It's just like in death in this culture is just like, you don't talk about it. You, you know, it's weird and creepy. And well, I get a really strange feeling from sometimes thinking about what is communication 
now. Right. Like someone born right into all of this that's going on right now wouldn't know that there's a way that some people who were raised without it and then now have it had felt from a different kind of communication. Mm-hmm. And so we miss it and we still want to right. talk in person and, and right. all that. And to someone who experienced this amazing thing where we can talk to people like you and I are right now, I can see you, I'm mm. ta- you know, talking <laughs> to you and we're in different places and, and we could have others that are in different countries right now talking the same thing. I mean, it's amazing. It, it is. It, it's like a miracle. I get that. I get that that's uh, really amazing too and really neat and really uh, like you would want this too. Um, but it, so it's hard to communicate that um, importance of the other, you know, the, the reaching out in, in person too. Right. I mean, we have art and we do that. We're able to not only connect by doing our work for ourselves, it's helpful, you know, making art, but also for maybe others who see it and find something in it. Yeah, Um, absolutely. I mean, I feel that I feel like in a way with my own art, I feel like that's the only my my artwork is the only way I can express that part of myself. Like I can't really put it into words. It's not quite right, you know, mm-hmm. but, but I can say it exactly with the artwork. And then when, and then when some, someone else sees that and like it, it hits them and they go, Oh yeah, I know that feeling. It's like, that's what it's all about. Yeah. You know? Yep. It is. It's, it's I a, just um, talked about this today and I posted online because I was feeling a little bit like one of those mornings where you wake up and go, all right, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? You know, <laughs> um, not like I'm not motivated, not like that, but more like just, you know, pushing myself a little bit more. And uh, I don't have a lack of motivation. Um, yeah, me I either. have a lot of things that I want to do. Right. Uh, so, but it's more about the, am I doing enough? What more can I do? Right. Um, and it, even if it's just in a piece I'm working on, or even if it's like, just there's something else that I'm, I was made to be doing and I'm not doing it mm. yet. What is it? Right. You know? Um, yeah. And then I, I had that feeling when I was waking up and then I woke up to this beautiful, just four line poem. Uh, someone read, tweeted my work and wrote this poem with it oh, and cool. she's a writer and um oh my gosh it made me all teary <laughs> like, <laughs> okay i had this question of you know what more can i do right. and then she's like you got it <laughs> that's amazing it's you know? amazing and that that's another you know nod to this kind of communication that i was talking about i wouldn't know that that, per- that, that person might not know my art unless we had all of this that we have right now. And then that I would not know that person felt that way. Had I known she saw her, if I knew she saw my work, but she posted that, you know? So it's like, it's, it's a trip. It's amazing. I mean, (laughs) I like not thinking of very good words here, but it's magic is what it is. Yeah. It really is. It's and in a sense. It was, um, I don't know. I could, I could make the case that, um, maybe your, you know, 
spiritually connected enough to where you needed something and you kind of put that out there and it came right to you. I, I do. I, I do. I feel that way. Yeah. yeah. And, and life works that way when you, when you let it, <clears throat> Yeah, think. you know, it's like you, you, if you are, uh, if, uh, if you're clear and you're grounded and you're spiritually connected, the signs are everywhere. Right. You know? And sometimes you get lost and you go, Oh, I don't know what to do. And then someone sends you a poem like that or, or whatever. Someone, you hear something on TV or someone says something to you and it goes bling and the light goes off. Yeah. You know, you just need to be able, you just need to be open to it, mm-hmm. I guess, you know? Yeah. I'm working on a project right now that I can't actually uh, make public right now yet, but um, it, it's a pretty amazing thing. It's definitely dark dark oh, cool. psychologically uh <laughs> you're gonna be stoked oh, i can't wait <laughs> yeah uh i think you're gonna like it a lot and it's exciting. A, a new twist on on something that has existed already but um it's all about basically the you know psychosis and uh degenerating of the human spirit mm. Um, wow. hallucinating, uh, drugs, you know, that kind right. of thing. So, um, I tend to really get into my work when I, when I paint, uh, I want to be as far in there as possible, as far deep, uh, lost in mm-hmm. there as possible when I'm painting. And I've made the comparison before to uh, it being like method acting. And I know that's like a oh, weird yeah. comparison, that's but a, a good, because it a good is one. us. So yeah. it's not necessarily that we're trying to act like someone else. But Method case, painting. <laughs> yeah. But you're putting yourself in that world and you need to be able to get back out right. and be functioning in the other world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the one that's, what, that's here right now that, that we're just sitting in. That's why so I think so many artists myself included um have a hard time coming out of it and, and it's do. where I'm, i lose i lose my shoe every day i can't find my shoes every yeah. fucking day most mostly because i don't <laughs> hardly ever wear shoes but when you know if i have to go drive i go to put my shoes on and i never put them in the same spot and it's because i'm really trying to right. to get better at that through meditation and stuff because i feel oh, like yeah. it's like i'm stuck in that other i'm in the imaginary realm mm-hmm. all the time you know, I'm daydreaming all the time and it's great for art, but it's not great for regular everyday life, like going no. to the store and stuff, you know? Right. Right. It, it's so opposite. Yeah. It's the total <laughs> yeah, polar opposite, basically. So, um, so you have to I do have a hard it, time. And then when you go into this like pretty heavy world, um, which isn't always the case for me, but um it has been. I have gone into heavier worlds when I'm painting, you know, some of my paintings. And right now, in particular, this this project, it's six paintings for this project. Mm. And um, Is it an illustration project, like a hired thing? or? Yeah. Okay. It just, yeah, I just can't say what it is okay, yet. Okay, that's yeah. cool. <laughs> um, but it's paintings. I'm doing oil paintings for them. Excellent. Um, yeah, and, and dark. Excellent. Um, good. I love it. I, I am really loving it. But like I said, it's, I feel like the more time I spend each day doing it, which is pretty much most of the time, uh, I should just stay in, you know, like right. that there's, there's probably not good if I go out <laughs> anywhere, uh, to, you know, I've already right. spent this 12 hours, uh, here after waking up 
so sometimes I will, I'll just, it'll be so dark, you know, all day. And then I go, um, to sleep and I wake up with that kind of foggy, you know, am I in there or am I back out here or where am I? And that's kind of how I felt this morning. And that, then I'm getting that, that little poem was like, ah, man. (laughs) So (laughs) it's great. It pulled me back out, you know? That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. That was, uh, yeah, that was like you, I don't know. It's kind of like you, you unconsciously reached out. Or yeah. someone reached out to you and to give you something because something was in the air that you needed it. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. I can't wait to see those paintings. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you feel, I think you're going to like them. Do, do you, uh, <clears throat> I mean, I all, you know, all my stuff is dark for the most part. Um, but do you get, do you feel like uh, when you go darker that you're, dragged down in any way into a darker state of mind because i i know i've talked to other artists that that don't do dark work and they almost seem to like think that it's going to make them feel bad and it's like it makes me feel good like it makes me feel so good like it doesn't I enjoy doesn't, it yeah it doesn't it doesn't um, like it's almost it's more of a catharsis than anything really it's like you're getting it out yes you are getting it out i enjoy so that's also another part of the exploration is not only mark making, but, um, you know, getting to know myself mm-hmm. and the things that I see around me and how I'm reacting to them and then how I react to different marks that are made on the, the surface I'm working on and, and how I can make something out of that thing that I just discovered and, um, kind of to me all goes together. So I'd want to be in that exploratory type of, um, mindset to be able to paint both for, for both reasons. Um, so no, I, I enjoy it. I don't know that I could say that, like you said, it makes me feel good. (laughs) I've been very, very, uh, enthusiastically. Um, I don't know that I could say that, um, but at, in the end, it does. So there's a difficult time to it. But I know once I get out of it that I got through it right. and that I'm stronger, you know, for it, for that. Right. Um, and so that does make me feel good. Yes. Um, but it's not like sometimes in the moment, it's like, wow, this is, you know, kicking my butt. <laughs> you mean on a technical level or on a on a? On another level, like on, a, on an emotional, oh, okay. psychological level, um, right. and again, probably like you, uh, you might went through, or anyone that has dealt with this in any way, similar way, um, but d- different um, kinds of things since my dad died that I think about pretty much because it was you know not too long ago; it was a few months ago. Oh yeah. So um, you know, those still come up, and it's about myself too you know right so you're still just, grieving i'm sure if it yeah was i think so ago. yeah yeah it, it goes on for a while i think you know it's different for everybody but it, it goes on for a while yeah there was uh, a whole like while of not really functioning very well at all and then you know with like outside life <laughs> right and then and then um you know there's a little bit like oh hey it's nice outside the sun feels really good on my <laughs> 
I haven't been outside in a while, you know, <laughs> and then, you know, just, you know, you keep going more and more expand out. And so, yeah, but every once in a while, something kind of creeps back in and I like to spend time there. I, I don't, I don't try to push it away. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think that's too, why sometimes people will call my art dark. It's not that it's um, dark in the terms that people know or are familiar with dark art looking or, and you know, the aesthetic or whatever, but uh, it's that it might make them think something that mm-hmm. they weren't expecting, you know, coming into a show or they saw a piece of mine and then they go, well, shit, <laughs> I didn't know that was going to happen to me today, right. you know? Um, so yeah, that could be considered dark to some people. Yeah. Um, that's, I mean, that's kind of one of the, the things that I'm also trying to, to do with the, the, the term, uh, the dark art term is just broaden it, you know, because dark to me also is like mysterious. Oh yeah, for un- sure. Unknown and a yeah. lot of stuff that, yeah. you know, um, doesn't even fall in the horror movie category at all. It's more like, you know, anything like, uh, David Lynch films are kind of dark art to me in that way to where, oh, yeah. you know, they're not horror movies, but they're, you know, like blue velvet or something. It's extremely dark. Those are dark, but they're, they're dark. Yeah. But um, I get that, but it's psychological darkness and it's more like this kind of spiritual thing. It's a trip, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. which I think that's why sci-fi crosses over. Right. You know, that too. Sci-fi is, goes into these, uh, um, what do you call it? Uh, what's the term for it in literature? What do you um, mean? Symbol, mm, symbolist? No. I'll think of it in a second, but okay. it's a just, you know, kind of like a genre of writing. Or, um, I can't say a name off the bat because that's actually the art that that'll give away what I'm okay. working on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah. mm, I think I have, a, I have a feeling I know, but I'm not going to say it. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know what I did after my dad died that, that was unexpectedly helpful is mm. when I was, um, talking to him, I think it was two or three days before he died. He, you know, no one, it came out of nowhere. So he was, doing pretty well and i took this picture of him because he was looking out a window and i could tell he was kind of like contemplating his life he just had that look at his face and the light was coming in and it was like wow what an amazing shot and i was like i gotta take a picture of you and he's like oh okay and he just stayed there because he you know he was kind of hammy he, he was very you know he was like that yeah because um, yeah. he was a really handsome guy growing up and stuff so uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> and so i took this picture and i didn't know it was going to be the last picture ever taken of him Mm-hmm. But it was like, wow, this is a great picture. And so after he died, I was like, I have to paint that picture. It's just so amazing. It's the last photo ever taken of him. He looks incredible. And so I painted this portrait of him just because it just seemed like the right thing to do. It's like I'd never sell it. It's not, you know, it's not like I was making it to sell or something. Yeah. Um, and it, and it ended up being, uh, I didn't second guess it or think, Oh, I'm going to go through the healing process or anything right. like that. I was like, this, it just seemed like the obvious thing to do. And so I painted this picture and at the end of it, I really felt like, uh, I don't know, like a lot of, a lot of, yeah, a lot of healing kind of came out of that. Yeah. Which yeah. I didn't expect. 
you know, you think you would expect that, but I just didn't even occur to me because I was just making a painting that I thought would be amazing, you know? Right. Right. So no, yeah. I, I, I could see that for sure. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, art is amazing like that. It's got so many healing properties mm-hmm. to it. I know? use it for that for, you know, it indefinitely. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> daily, you know, <laughs> I need to be healed. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> we all do. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's interesting about doing a portrait. I haven't done a portrait of my dad recently, but, mm. uh, I did a little drawing when we were in the hospital room mm. the last few days, but, um, we all did a tracing of our hands. Oh, so cool. my siblings and I and my dad did a tracing over the top of each other's, you know, hands oh, cool. kind of thing. So I like it. I want to do something with it. I'm not sure what, yeah. what yet, but. Yeah, you got to yeah. do something with that for sure. Yeah. No question. Yeah, just a big abstract something, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, the the t- to me, the, one of the most, like, magical, amazing things about art is that it allows you to to bring forth these deep parts of your psyche that you don't normally have access to. And in that way, as artists, we're kind of lucky that we can do that because a lot of people have all that shit inside and they can't get it out unless maybe they go to therapy or something, you know, for long periods of time, which I've been to myself, but, mm-hmm. but um, it's, it's, it's kind of amazing to paint something and just, you know, intuitively and then go, you know, usually for me, it's after the fact, like, Oh my God, that's, you know, that's about this. That's, that's uh, it's mostly after the fact. Right. For me. Yeah. And it's, and it's like, that's why like for illustration versus fine art, that's my biggest difference in right. what they are. Um, and that's only for my own personal experience doing them. So with illustration, I've always had to have a plan because usually I have to communicate the plan to the art director or right. whoever so that they can okay it. And then I do the piece. Um, and with fine art, or, you know, if we're going to say that those are the ways we're separating it, yeah. <laughs> my painting, I um, do my, you know, I paint, I start with abstracts. I don't start with a plan or a figure in there, or even where the figure is going to be or anything at all. I don't, I just start going. Um, and then see something and then start to move into that and pull that forward from the the marks. And then I say, Oh yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I can see why, you know, (laughs) I just, I'm seeing that right now. And, um, you know, I know figurative comes out with me because that is where, you know, I spent a lot of time academically was Mm -hmm. doing figure drawings and paintings from life. I also have been teaching it for almost, couple decades now oh, so really? yeah i'm not right that. now i'm i'm um just doing the, the painting and the gallery and illustration stuff now hmm. it's busy with that so it's good, oh, um, good. but yeah we we, we had a, a school private school for years oh, so that's, that's amazing. now it's all online and, and ron teaches that oh, okay yeah um that's cool i didn't know you were a teacher yeah, so I can, you know, I know I've even been told, and I love this because it's um, 
you know, the thing I talked about earlier where I say things and then realize I probably shouldn't have said it that way it mm-hmm. came out the wrong way. But I've been told like, oh, I didn't actually think that you really did know, like paint a face without looking at a reference. You know, when right. I paint abstract uh, marks and then pull a face from that, mm-hmm. it's uh, a lot of times just me continuing to paint on that face, but it turns into something what people see uh, recognizably as a, a, a a face of a human mm-hmm. um, and um, that is comes out because I've been doing that for so long, you know, right. with different lighting setups and different angles of the head and, and teaching the anatomy and the construction. And, totally, you know, yeah. so we know when you turn the head in at this angle and this direction, this is what you're, you'll need to do to the rest of the features on the head, mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. But um, so I can do that. And then if I do need reference, you know, I'll go there, I'll, I'll go look for it according to what I've already got there, but not necessarily like, uh, use reference in the beginning to make an image on top of those, those marks. Right. It kind of develops by like clouds, you know, seeing things in clouds. Right. Yeah. That's how, that's how I kind of, um, that's how I started painting where I would just kind of go for it and just find something in the mess that's on there and, and pull, yeah. pull it out. And, um, but then I lately, I don't know, last few years, I started doing studies for everything just because it was really helping me, um, be efficient with the painting. Yeah. Um, but even my studies and my sketches, I start that way. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, starts from scribbles and doodles and just getting something down there, some kind of paint down. That's why I saw your uh, spatula technique. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, she's doing, you know, that's what I do too, but just without spatulas. <laughs> and it's, mm-hmm. and, you, and you find the, uh, you find something in there and yeah. that's the fun of it. I know. You know what I mean? That's the fun of it. The mystery. It's like I, some artists work, like they get an idea and they're like, okay, how am I going to execute that? Which is, and I've done, you know, I do that sometimes as well, but more often than not, most of the time I'm just like, you know, you you tell me what you want to be painting and I'll, yeah, you know, try know. and try and serve you the best I can. Mm-hmm. You know, that's so, yep. that's crazy. I mean, it's amazing. It's, mm-hmm. it is, it's the magic part of it. It is know? the magic part of it. Um, and there are things, I mean, we use tools that we're familiar with, you know, now, uh, like a spatula wasn't something I was familiar with when I first picked it up and used <laughs> it. But um, I thought as soon as I was using it, wow, this is awesome. I can get all these different marks out of it. And if you turn it this way or like tilt it this way, it gives right. you different types of marks. And um, I, so I know that if I use it a certain way, it'll give me a certain type of look. But it, it's never, you know, a planned thing. I mean, right. I don't go, I know if I splatter turp on an area that's like somewhat dry, but not totally dry of oil paint, it will pick out those little splatters on that surface. Right. But I don't know where those are going to go necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> I know, like I kind of can flick it a certain way and get a certain look, but it's going to be like magic. You know, you're going to flick it and you're going to look and go, that is amazing. You know what it's like? It, it's <laughs> like, uh, like reading tea leaves or some kind of divination. Yeah. When you think about it, I never thought yeah. about that, but what a trip. It's, it's like, it, 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 it's like a divination to where you're, you, you're throwing, you know, or rolling the bones or, or eaching or whatever. It's like, you're throwing something down and then you're interpreting, letting your subconscious interpret the thing. Yes. And I think if you're keeping open to all of that all the time, 
then you are going to see things in the march. And I think, yeah, you know, I can, we can remind people of that looking at clouds and seeing things because everyone's familiar with that. Right. But you can, you can, you see things in everything you do. You see things that you think you are thinking these things and you're basically projecting them out. Right. And so you're going to see dragons if you really like dragons and you're reading about dragons and you know you're yeah. looking watching dragon movies and stuff you're going to see dragons in a lot of things you right. know everywhere you go and you know all different types of things depending on what you are feeding your eyes and your brain with on a regular basis yeah so even thoughts you know good thoughts bad thoughts all that it's just going to totally. be what you project out from that and you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just talking to someone uh, online about, or just comment someone, you know, Laura Dan, do you know, Laura Dan? Yeah. We're, we follow each other. Okay. Um, She's social media super cool. Really cool painter. And, yeah. um, God, she said something like thought, you know, you, uh, what did she say? Thoughts manifest as reality or something like that. And I commented. Yeah. They do. Yeah. And I was like, you know, think about all the people, you know, that are constantly getting um, shit on and not getting any breaks and everything <laughs> bad happens to them. And they constantly complain about it and how that becomes this feedback loop to where you're, you know, something started you on that path and now you're just creating bad shit constantly because that's all you can think about is right. how, how unfair life is. And then life is totally unfair to you. Mm -hmm. And it's like so true. And it's, and, and that's why I think meditation is so important or, or even um, whatever spiritual practice resonates with you is important because it kind of stops the, uh, stops that negative, uh, the, the inertia of that whole negative feedback loop. So you can start manifesting, you know, having better thoughts, having mm -hmm. clarity in your mind, and then having that ripple out into your life. Mm -hmm. I you agree. Know? Um, I do, you know, I think it's also, I know you know this, but I just have to make a point for yeah. anyone else who's listening <laughs> that that is, you know, obviously a generalization. We're not saying that, you know, you one person that's listening to this that had some shitty thing happen to them. That was all your fault. Oh, yeah, <laughs> if no, you no, only no. meditate. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah. You know, sometimes just crap, crappy oh, things happen. Totally. And, but it's how you react, how you respond to it that kind of makes the difference because yeah. it's like. You you are in charge of your reality, but everybody's in charge of their own reality. So you've got other people's realities crashing into yours unexpectedly sometimes that mm -hmm. don't have anything to do with your frame of mind, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's, it's both, it's both of those things. And, and I think the only, I think just how you respond to it is kind of what makes the difference. It's huge. Yeah. Oh yes. Yep. <laughs> um, I agree. And, you know, again, especially because of this bigger eye that we have, this bigger thing that we get to see with the, the social media aspect and internet and everything, um, that you got to be a little careful about your reactions. Um, yeah, for sure. In that way, too. So, yeah, and again, you know, I can't imagine because I think we are already kind of without having this when. Um, you know, growing up, maybe that was kind of already a thing that we were conscious of, but I feel like you would be conscious of it if you grew up with this only. 
What do you mean? What do you mean? You know, that you should be careful, but so many people are not, you know, like, hey, whatever, throw things out there and right, right. start things up. I, I That never really made sense to me. People that like to just troll other people for no reason. That just doesn't make any yeah. sense to me whatsoever. It's just a, it's, it's a, I think it's just an, like an ego trip trying to, I, trying, well, trying you to know, feel I, important or something. I wonder, cause I mean, I, I just, it doesn't make sense to me at all. Honestly, that's all I'm saying. Like I can get, try to get into the mind of someone like why they might've done a certain thing and go, all right, I can see that side. I don't agree with it. You know, I think there could have been a better way. Mm-hmm. I can see what they're, where they were coming from. People who might feel desperate about something and, and you know, whatever, like in desperate times, like world is crazy, right. but then, uh, why, you know, that, that type of person, <laughs> I just don't, I don't see it. I, I can't get in that mind. I can't, yeah. I can't I think it's, understand it. It's, a, uh, you know, a good amount of it is anger and fear and, you know, kind of negative emotions and people it's like, for some reason it makes them feel better. Yeah. I know. don't know that. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> It's so something because a lot idea. of people do it, you know, it's like a, not an uncommon thing. Yeah. Sorry. My dog just walked in on me. So <laughs> I shut the door there. Um, yeah. So, the, okay. That's one thing I wanted to get into a little bit more too, is your technique is that, uh, you know, uh, um, are you, are you, when you start a painting, you do you start just cause I, I, I saw this, Trakel video you did where you mm-hmm. demonstrated how you did your backgrounds, mm-hmm. which is really amazing. So do you just kind of have a board and, and go for it and just start painting on it and do your backgrounds and then see what develops or, yeah. you know, that's basically every painting is like that or most of them. Yeah. Um, and, or I'll have several boards. So there might be a time mm. where I've got a little bit of time to start doing some new boards, um, just exploring and making marks and stuff. And then, um, those, I'll put those all out drying racks and, you know, um, then when a project comes up or a new painting I'm going to do, I may start with a new fresh board or, uh, just grab something that I have, um, out. And I have a lot of types of ways of drying my pieces. Some are drying racks where they're laying flat and I can't see them as well, which then I can't I had to remind myself of what all I have mm-hmm. or they can like live in my peripheral vision, you know, while I'm working in, in my studios so that, cause you see things in the corner of your eye and something that, you right. know, one day it's just like, Oh, I yeah. never saw that, you know, <laughs> figure there before. And now I do, um, just the lighting and, you know, I, I put it over in this other corner instead and who knows, put it upside down. Right. And then, um, which isn't, there isn't really an upside down or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, like abstract at first, but um, yeah. And then they just kind of jump out when they want to jump out. Some of them I could have done a year ago and then started to work on mm. it. And some I did really new and I like get, I'm excited to start working on that one. Um, usually when I do the boards all in a big chunk like that with lots of boards at a time, I'm trying to do them in different ways, like trying to make new marks I haven't made yet with mm. different tools and, you know, different colors too sometimes. Right. Um, so, yeah, those are what I kind of look for in the beginning. Um, that is what I look for. And again, it's a going into that world um, and getting lost in there. Mm-hmm. So, 
So, I mean, do you ever get to a point where you're like, okay, you see it, you see the image, you see the painting, you start bringing the figure out, and then you... Wreck it? <laughs> no, no. I was, <laughs> was going to say, and do you ever, because I've, I've done this before, and then like, I don't want to wreck it, so I'm going to take a picture of it, and then I'm going to go into Photoshop and mess around with it. And then figure figure these problems out I'm having in Photoshop. And then I was like, okay, I got it right. Print it back out. And then I use that. Like I reference my own painting with a picture of paint, my painting that was adjusted in Photoshop. Yeah, I do it. Okay. Um, not so much maybe at that stage. Uh, but like I talked about before, when there's maybe an angle to a head or something that is in weird lighting and... Mm. I'll, I'll take that reference and then just like plunk it right into my oh, okay. like painting that already exists um, in Photoshop and then just uh, um, not print it out or anything. I just like it work from my screen, but uh, yeah, um, I do do that. It's, it's a part of the process. Right. It's not necessarily every painting. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, but it, if I think there are times when it's called for because it's uh, it could be like just moving something over and you're right. like, mm, not sure if I want to move that whole thing over. Right. I'm going to see what if it happens uh, with, with uh, Photoshop first. And it's so quick to be able to just try that. I know. You know? I know. So it, it does cut on time, which I kind of used to resist it. Like it must be all traditional. I must figure <laughs> it out on my own, you know, uh, yeah. But when I was working digitally, I also got this strange, you know, where I would uh, <clears throat> combine paintings. Like, say I did a portrait that started um, from scratch digitally, uh, like white screen or whatever. And then um, I use photos as uh, textures. So, like, pictures mm. of, you know, you know, gravel or, you know, whatever. Right. Just random things. And I use that in my would use that i haven't i haven't been digitally painting in a long time um just like it, unless i want to mess around or something right. which just i just haven't had time to do that as much now but um yeah i i uh worked that way and then i started you know that was like when posting on forums was a little bigger and that kind of thing and people would be like do you use photos and i would say yeah because i use photos as textures and then people are like, yeah, use all photos. You should be in, this isn't <laughs> photography. This is digital painting. I'm like, well, no, that face was painted. I just use right. textures. And I thought that was like, okay, uh, okay, whatever that means. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, I grew up looking at like Dave McKean. I'm thinking he's got everything thrown in there and right. you guys aren't saying he's not okay. Yeah, right. You know, like, exactly. <laughs> if you don't tell him that, he'll say, <laughs> he'll say screw off, you right. know, because he's Dave McKean. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I mean, the, 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 the final result, you know, it's all about the final result. And if you are enjoying the process. Yeah, I guess that's the thing is that, you know, I think uh, that's where all I'm putting it. I'm just putting it up on something. Not, this isn't even finished. I'm just, you know, throwing it out there. And then you get people that are, you know, kind of ripping it apart. And you think, well, what is the purpose of me putting this stuff right. out here? Exactly. <laughs> I know it's a bummer too, because there's some people that really appreciate that, you know, they mm -hmm. want to see it and they're not going to give you a hard time about it. But I found that with, uh, that's why I like the, like Patreon so much is because nobody who's paying even a dollar a month is going to 
you know, give you shit. <laughs> you don't pay to troll someone. Trolling right. is, is, is on, on the free uh, social networks, you know? Right. So. Well, I'm not on Patreon yet, um, but I, sh- I would like to be. Yeah, I just you have gotta, to get it going. It's so cool. It's so amazing. I love it. I love it. It's life-changing, you know, just steady income. I hear good things. So yeah, Pete, Pete Morbacher is the, yeah. guy, the guy who got me into it. I like, I, I resisted it for like a year and then he was like, no man, I'm making 6,000 a month. <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> let me try this out. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yep. Cause, uh, yeah, it's uh, just the idea of, you know, you're, you're the idea that you're getting paid small amounts that people can afford by lots of regular people that love art, but don't have ten thousand dollars to buy painting mm-hmm. they're contributing and then you're creating artwork to show them it's like does it get any better than that you know you can basically do whatever you want not have to worry about a painting selling or not have to worry about a side hustle or you know so yeah that's kind of where all my energy is going lately really is to get that going because yeah. i see the potential in it yeah oh you know? okay so it's not it's new to you um, it's, not. I've been on like a year, uh, okay. year and a half or something. It's, it's, and it's doing, it's doing well, but it's like, I want it to do so well that I don't have to take on, I don't have to hustle every single month so hard, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. right to, to make money. Cause just like, like I got to have a sale the way I've got my business set up. I have to have a sale, you know, probably early next week on my website with of little like sculpture resin casts and stuff mm-hmm. just so I can pay this one bill that's due like, <laughs> at the very end of the month. It's like, right. you know, it's like, okay, I got a week to make this money and it's kind of a lot of money I need to make. And that's mm-hmm. fine. And I always manage, but it's just a grind. It's yeah. A, it's a grind. Yeah. You know, but the, 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 like what you said, um, it's fine. And I always manage. You definitely don't have any insecurity about that just in the way that you said it. Um, and I think that's a really big point to make because, um, yeah, it's kind of like what you said about the energy coming back to you and when something shitty happens and you, and you, um, and you react to it, mm-hmm. like how you react right. to it, you have been there before and you know that it'll work out. Right. Uh, so you do come from that knowing. Right. So you are able to say it'll work out. It'll be fine, but it's always a grind. Right. And you would like <laughs> basically get rid of the grind. Um, but it is a mindset. It just going and going and saying, um, it's going to be fine. Right. You know, I'm just going to post this and it'll work out, you know? Right. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's a great mindset. And that's, uh, I'm happy for you that that is also the way it is for you. Um, because I do believe that those go together. Yeah, yeah I agree. I agree. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I've over the last probably, I don't, you know, my sense of time is so bad now. Um, <laughs> could be the last year. It could be the last three years. I honestly don't know, but I remember there was a certain point where, I mean, I was just stressing out every month because it's like this every month for me. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, okay, I've been doing this. I've been painting now for like 15 years professionally. I've been, I've been alive for 50 years. I, everything always works out. I've never been kicked out of my house because I couldn't pay my bills. I've always managed to swing it somehow. So I'm going to stop worrying about not being able to do it now, finally, at age, you know, whatever, late 40s or whenever I kind of came upon this realization. I'm going to stop. I'm going to make an effort to stop worrying about about it and know that it's going to, you know, every time I feel that 
anxiety. I'm going to try and just like let it go and chill out and go. It's always worked out. And I, and it's, and it's, and what happens is I'm still able to do it, but I'm not worried about it not happening, mm-hmm. you know? And then, yeah. I, and then it's like, when you do that, it comes easy, more easily as well. There's mm-hmm. not so much of a scramble. So I definitely see a, a correlation between not worrying and money coming more easily to you, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't know. I like to, we have, we have two cats mm-hmm. and I think this applies to dogs too. We, we had a dog, she passed away a year ago, but I'm definitely a dog and cat person. Yeah, me too. I love that, uh, so our two cats, you know, as an analogy, I could say, um, they were, when we first got them rescues, they were skittish mm-hmm. and they would kind of like take off if the door, if there was a knock on the door or something, they would just hide. Right. Um, and now, um, and not too, you know, much later, they're about three now, but, um, I, if the door, if there's just a knock on the door, they might, their initial reaction would be to like jerk for a second because, you know, it caught them off guard or whatever, but they can look at me. They don't even have to look at me. They feel me and my energy towards that knock mm-hmm. and they know that it's fine. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that's what we're talking about. Right. When we're talking about life and what, how, how you paying your bills or whatever, all of it. And it does, if it sounds hokey, I mean, to it's, anyone, and I'm sorry that it sounds hokey to you, but, but it really is a, there's a truth to it. For sure. To carrying yourself through something, even if it isn't the paying the bill on time, but how you handle that right. is also important. So, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I just posted before, uh, before we came on here, I just posted on Facebook. I'm all about the woo woo. You, know, <laughs> <laughs> you did post that. <laughs> Because I am all about. I miss the, that. I believe I, you know. It's like I'm gonna I, go. I'm gonna go see what people wrote. Because <laughs> it's like you know, there's a there's a certain point in your life when you see these like cosmic things happen, or crazy synchronicities, or actual magic to where you're manifesting things, or visualization, whatever you want to call it. When it happens enough, you just go, "All right, it's real." There's no question about yeah, it. Let's just exactly. get on with things. You know, there's right. no need to go. Was that another weird have- coincidence? <laughs> How could that happen? It's like, okay, it's just the way life is, you know, right. Except you and- can't have. So the interesting thing about that, you can live your life that way. And it's just like the same thing we were talking about with like doing art and then, you know, going out to like get groceries and whatever the rest of your life is that you have to deal with doing those things. It's so opposite. Mm-hmm. Right. But the same thing with um, knowing that that is something that happens, that you have thoughts that manifest uh, themselves, they come out as something, as a thing, you know, Um, then being able to communicate that to, say, someone who is interested in getting into art but is new to the industry, Mm -hmm. and we give workshops and stuff, you know, and um, talk about that kind of stuff. That definitely sounds hokey to that person, right? you know, unless they're into that, which sometimes they are, but not necessarily, not usually. Um, And so you do have to have a way of talking about it. And it's still one of those things I'm still kind of searching for. I mean, I have, do have talks and give workshops and talk about that kind of stuff, but, um, but I still am always learning where that is because Mm. 
you can make it factual uh, or scientific. Right. <laughs> um, you can make it. I, you know, I love to talk to people that come to my door, which is not really probably very common, but, um, <laughs> I don't I answer my door all too much, but I have answered my door for some people. And now I have, uh, um, some people that actually come back oh, wow. and we have that dialogue, uh, interesting about science versus religion mm. about, uh, what their thoughts are and why, uh, certain things are happening right now in the world and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I do want to hear that person's take on it because there are people in all different realms and that have their theories on why things happen. And again, I think it does cross over even though we want to keep them separate all the time. Right. But I love the videos that sometimes people will show me because I think, well, first of all, I wanted you to tell me in your words what you felt and you just show me a video that doesn't actually or a meme (laughs) yeah that doesn't that's not you saying it what do you feel about it but um but also the videos are so you know they they have it down pat you know they have all the the things there's they're trying to say and do in the in this one little neatly you know put together 20 minutes um but yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but <laughs> well, just about how to talk about it for one thing, but you know, for me it's like I've gotten to a certain age where I just I don't really give a shit anymore. Like if people <laughs> think I'm crazy or think I'm full of shit when I I just I don't care. It's like I know it's real. Yeah. Absolutely, for sure, because it's just it's been just way too many things that, you know, and I've intentionally manifested major things that shouldn't have happened or, you know, wouldn't have normally happened. It's just like there's I don't need the proof anymore. So I figure just by talking about it and not being afraid to talk about it, uh, not being hesitant to talk about it. um, That's like a good thing to do just to get people talking about it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, just just so someone goes, someone out there else out there who feels the same way can see that and go, oh yeah, you know, he's talking about it, so I can talk about it too. And it's kind yeah. of comes back to the whole thing we were talking about with talking about death and and things like yeah. that or illness and 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 being okay with talking about these things. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's that, and I also think it's when it's someone unexpected. You know, someone you expect someone in that like realm of. Um, like healing and um, self-evaluation, you know, that kind of thing you see on like um, homeopathic, even that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Um, You expect to hear that from those types of people that, that there's something that we manifest, you know, our thoughts. Um, But then when you hear it from someone, you don't expect it to. Sometimes it is like, Oh, maybe, maybe I do have something to hear in this, you know, that I didn't know. So that's also why it's good for everyone to talk about it. Not only in your own like thing you feel comfortable. Right. Yeah. It it seems to hold a little bit more weight when it's like a guy with a short haircut and a suit or something. It's like, kind of looks like a normal guy. (laughs) People kind of expect artists to talk about stuff like that. I think. Yeah. Yeah. 
I remember talking to a friend's boss at a lunch. You know, we met up with them. They were in town here and uh, they're from Northern California and they were down here for uh, the day. And he was, he laughed when I said something about the business of art and he's, they're like business. I mean, it's like financial, you know, company. I don't know exactly what it is, but, and um, he's, she was like, oh no, you know, thinking, oh crap, what's, what's, what's Vanessa going to say? <laughs> I've been known to be one of those people that you might want to kick under the table. <laughs> but, um, and it's not because I'm going to argue, but I just am like, that's interesting. Why do you think that? Right. Yeah. Um, and I did say that. I did say, you know, that we, we have a business. We, we make our art and then we're selling our art and we're doing it for, you know, a job or, or however we work in this industry, but it is a business. And he was, every time he would talk about his friend that was an artist, he'd even kind of slow his speech down a little bit, Mm. talk like he was kind of a hippie when he was talking in his, you know, voice. And then he would go back into his own voice about whatever. Like, it's so great that you're an artist. I mean, my friend, yeah, he's like, yeah, this is so cool. I get to be an artist every day, you know? (laughs) And I'm like, that's not actually what we're doing when we're sitting around (laughs) being an artist. Yeah. So you're, you're one, you're one friend who is an artist. The one artist, you know, is kind of like this slacker dude. So therefore every artist who works in the industry is just kind of like, yeah, man, it's cool. I'm an artist. And then sometimes <laughs> those people do need to have, you know, someone that takes care of their business for them because they're not, right. you know, they shouldn't be. Yeah, And there'd sure. be better someone that does that. I'm get, I, I'm definitely, I think things like that so much. I mean, obviously we have people like CPAs and stuff that we work with. I don't mm. want to have to do no. everything in there. But, but you know, with, there's different things that I, I now go, yeah, I'm at that point where I'm thinking I'd really like to have someone who does this specific thing for oh, me for sure. more often. Yeah. Um, and I think I've actually, I say I'm at that point, but that's like a breaking point. <laughs> I think it was a long time ago what I should have, that right. I should have been doing it. But now it's just like seeing very, it's very necessary. But yeah, when bringing that up to that, that guy, um, he was really, uh, he was really fascinated by it. He ended up, being he he was like yeah i'm really sorry that i i thought that way you know and that's cool this is by me saying like well you know that's interesting you know what what do you mean by that um and then having that dialogue with someone who just is way different right like has a way different life than me yeah you've expanded his his understanding really you know that and i'm sure you know he he also did mine because there's a certain kind of way I might think that he is too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And first I think thing, I'm pretty open-minded, but I still like, we have that, you know? Yeah. The first thing I thought when you said that, I was like, oh yeah, some guy that makes money off of other people's money. Like that's not, mm-hmm. that's not as, that's not as important as being an artist. And it's like, that's just another occupation. They're all important. You know, Man, it's all I'm good. sorry. That is a stressful job. Oh yeah, I exactly. think that is that's got to be a stressful. Oh job. yeah, imagine that. Yeah, it's like you know they make a lot of money. You're so you, responsible for someone else's money. I know, I know. I was. Did, have you ever seen that show, uh, Billions? No, it, it's I on. It's really good. It's on Showtime, and it's about these billionaire, this billionaire guy that runs a like a hedge fund, and mm-hmm. they're like he's like moving you know hundreds of millions of dollars in investments around, and it and it gives you. Uh, 
a real insight to the kind of pressure that would be. You know, you screw up once and you lose. I mean, imagine losing a hundred million dollars. Imagine losing one million dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like it is a really major responsibility. So it's like it kind of was, it was it was an eye opener for me. Yeah. Just to think yeah. about it like that. That would be an eye opener. <laughs> We've lost a million. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. It'll come back tomorrow. Just the idea of like investing. Yeah. Millions or hundred or like a billion moving a billion dollars into some other investment is just like Yep. No wonder this click click of a button. Yeah. <laughs> there it goes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's over there now. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, again, glad that people do that. You know, I'm not meant for it. Yeah, I, I'm glad people do that, so I don't have to. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I think that, that sounds, about. It. it always sounds funny. Like I'm glad people do that, so I don't have to. That's like I, I feel that way that. about a lot of things, like oh, yeah. soldiers in the military. It's like I'm oh, glad. I'm yeah. glad there's people That's... that that are into that because it's like I I don't think I would be good at it. And it's like oh. it, it, it does. I mean, the world we live in, the way it is now, you you have to have that. You know, yeah. Imagine I mean, that. if you've had friends that have been in the military and have returned, you know, and you've had that dialogue with them, you know, it's it's not an easy thing. Oh yeah, yeah. That's why I'm just you know, or or police even. It's like you know, yeah. It's like yeah. as much as yeah. Ex- I'm glad they do it. The guy who picks up my trash, I'm so glad he does that. It's like awesome. I'm I'm happy that those people are in my life. You know, so those are the things I'm talking about. You know, when I woke up this morning and I I felt like, what more can I do? That's what I mean right there. You know, that, that is what I mean. What am I doing with art? Mm. What does this do? Right. What can I do more? Yeah. But you know what? You'll, you'll, I bet you what my dog's snoring in the background. So (laughs) you hear that? Listen. (laughs) <laughs> yes <laughs> oh sorry but uh oh god what was my point um oh if you if you were to to ask people fans of yours if you're doing enough or you know not that you would but if you were to put that out there you would get a lot of people saying oh no what you're doing is so important to me it's like enriching my life don't stop. You don't need to do more. This is what you're supposed to be doing. And, and I can, I can um, confirm that because it makes a big difference in my life. And mm-hmm. I, but I, th- I think as artists, mm-hmm. we, we all c- kind of tend to feel that way because art is just not valued in this culture. It's really not, but it's, right. it's important. It's as important as, you know, yeah. the firefighters. It really is. It's like, you have to have that. It's, it's like a form of, um, you know, without things like art and, you know, spiritual things and just real things and real experiences, then nothing matters, you know? Imagine a world without any of that stuff, without creativity or art or new like, ideas. Yeah. It would just be pointless. It'd be like, you know, yeah. living in a, um, like an authoritarian country or something. Yeah, I, I don't. I wouldn't survive. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> if this were an island and we had no creativity, no spirituality, no, you know, like deep thinking or, right. you know, like not allowed. Like, okay, where can I get off of this island? It's the whole reason for living, How? you know? Yeah, exactly. And relationships and just real things. And so, you know, I think that kind of doubting 
<clears throat> I think every every artist wonders that as well that, that has that concern and I think yeah. that's more of, comes from the culture you know right the, the, cult, know, the, the mainstream culture yes it does yes it is you don't, um, you don't mean anything we feel like if we we go through those moments too um that when that's happening you think um mm, you know you're good for nothing or what am right. i you know that kind of thing because i can't even you know like i went through a period um right after my dad's death that i didn't feel anything right. i didn't feel anything mm-hmm. i mean i was numb yeah and yeah that was miserable. Mm-hmm. At least there was that feeling of being miserable because I was numb. I guess that's right. a feeling, but that's not really necessarily the feeling I wanted. Um, but you know, it just, it needed to work itself out. I needed to think about stuff and that was okay for me to be that. Right. Um, because that happens. First of all, it's, you know, normal right uh to get out of it was it'd be a good idea but to be in there for a little bit and work it out is is something that i think is healthy absolutely and then to share with others that 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 is healthy i think is important now i don't know that i would have been in that same mindset not too long ago but i've i've found that that is and um you know when you see dark things when you see like um light ethereal things whatever you see um that either one is fine too or all of them all things are fine like it's not like oh i had you know these sad moments because my dad died like or i thought of this happy moment you know and laughed like because you have guilt that that's Mm -hmm. like something you shouldn't be doing and that's okay too it's just like this outpouring of emotion finally when it does come back. So all of it is normal and fine and we all should right. go through it and, and not try to stu- stifle it. You know, I think that's the, the hard part is that there's so much stifling going on with everything. Yeah, right. It's just, uh, it's, it's kind of scary, you know, with how people just want to be numb. Yeah. Or okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's almost like a, um, <clears throat> a trauma response in a way, you know what I mean? Like a PTSD kind of response to things that are uncomfortable. It's just like, Oh, I'm going to numb out. I'm going to watch TV and, and shut off my feelings. Mm. So I don't have to feel, feel them. You know, mm. that's one PTSD experience, but that's not all of how it is. What do you so, mean? What do I mean? Like PTSD isn't necessarily all shutting off. Oh, right, right. Yeah. So right. in fact, it's not, it's can be quite the opposite. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It can manifest in all kinds of ways. But point being is the, uh, the numbing of the culture. Can, yeah. It's an overall thing. Yeah. Oh, that's scary to think about. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, <laughs> but that, but that's, but then you just hit the nail on the head. It's like, that's why art's important. Right. You know, so, well, and that's what I, you know, getting back to that, um, for sure, waking up with those thoughts, it's okay to have that thought because it is the thing that I get up going, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to get in there in the studio and, and figure that thing out, that question out. And then to have someone, I posted this nice thing that reminded me that I am doing this, there are reasons and that I have 
you know, just even if it's that one person that I've never met before in my whole life, but I've made right. a difference to that person in some way, that's, that's pretty neat, you know? Well, I was, um, I was going to say when you first brought it up, you know, I always assume that when one person says something to you that like 10 others are thinking it and they're just not saying it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when, when you said that, um, I was thinking, you know, there's probably, you know, more than 10 more people that feel the same way that just haven't reached out in that way. Yeah. Yep. I know that's got to be true. So that's, that's a good thing. Yep. <laughs> I posted about it today. I did. I told that whole story. And, oh, cool. Um, I'll see what people have to say back. I'm always I, another test to posting on um, social media is how many people read it. Right. <laughs> I mean, if you wrote, I'm all about the woo, uh, <laughs> I'd be right up, commenting right away. I'm I know. I haven't that. even seen really what people have been saying, but I'm going to go find that one. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that was pretty good. Um, yeah, but, and that the thing that you brought up about Pete Moorbacher and Sam that day with him, them talking about real, the word real, and talking about dreams. Mm-hmm. He he said in that too. He was like, "Oh, here we go again, getting into mm-hmm. all the woo." Yeah, that's that's why that's why I thought of that. It's because I was I was researching you, and I saw that, and I was I was watching that video, and he said the woo, and I was like, "I'm all about the woo woo." That's not something to you know be ashamed of. It's the yeah. it's the real thing. The woo woo is the real thing. Everything yeah. else is the bullshit thing. You know, yeah. it's like the the real deep spiritual stuff is actually what's what's more real than than uh, this whole thing that's going on. You know, or at least as real. Yeah, it's a different kind of real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Thankfully there are different kinds. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but, but I'm I'm happy for the dream state real. Um I don't know why people think it's not real. I I mean to a thought, you know, uh It's a it's a dimension. Think, yeah. Thought is a dimension. It really is. It's another dimension of it's just a different level of reality. It doesn't mean I mean real doesn't mean that tangible thing real doesn't mean physical yeah you know this is right well i don't have to like you know twist your arm (laughs) yeah exactly you're you're preaching preaching to the choir yeah it's interesting it's it's funny to me because i've been taking these uh these magic classes like magic with the k like spiritual magic ceremonial magic yeah uh, on this uh magic.me website which is i uh anybody that thinks that the woo is bullshit Go sign up, and he gives you a free class. He gives you a free class through email, like a, a little chaos magic thing you can do. Do the steps, even though you don't believe it, and then see what happens because it will produce produce a result. So I will okay. say that's I'm going to tell that to the audience. But um, what's interesting is the whole, so much of the the magic stuff um, that I've been learning about. I've been doing this all my life, and the whole thing about magic, everybody is always doing magic all the time. Yeah. And people just don't know it, you know, just like we're talking about the, the mindset thing. Everybody's right. already doing it. It's part of like being a human being. You have this natural ability. But right. um, <clears throat> one thing that's really important that's talked about in these lessons is, is exactly what you're talking about. That the levels of, um, I mean, he's saying exactly the same thing where he's saying that, you know, levels of dreams are a reality. Levels of thought is a level of reality. It's not greater or mm-hmm. less than this reality. It is just a different dimension, I guess you could call it. 
Mm-hmm. And that's, that's really. And then the things that you think about, like whether or not you can make something happen, which people would call magic. Right. Um, you can in many ways, obviously exactly. Like, yeah. You can bake bread and, and you made a loaf of bread or whatever that there's that, but then there's also like, um, you were looking out at the tree out your window. You had some music on and right at the time that like this, you know, crescendo hit these like 20 birds flew out of the tree. Yep. You made that happen because you were listening to that one thing in your headphones. No one else was listening to it, you know, and looked out at that tree at that moment that that happened all at the same time. And you are the tree and you are the birds. You are doing it to yourself. It's like, that's, that's like the principle too, is that everything is, we're all God or whatever. We are all the, everything is the same thing. And so that's how you, that's why you can manifest because you are the thing you are manifesting. You are, you are the birds, you are the the coincidences, you're creating that stuff. It's not, and that's the, uh, the big um, illusion of life is that we are separate and that everything's separate. It's like, we, we, as human beings, we are separate, but at our core, we are the same and the same with like all the molecules and the energy and everything. It's all one thing. Right. It's, it's, it's so you cool. You ever see that? It's crazy. Um, the one, well, she did a TED talk, but she also did like several other talks too. Um, but Jill Bolte Taylor, mm-hmm. she had a, an, a stroke. Oh, she, yeah. Yeah, I did. A, like she worked on the human brain. I don't know exactly what yep. she was, uh, but she was like going back and forth between uh, like, this is so fascinating. Cause I mean, what better person is this to happen to? And then right. she's like, the other part of her brain's like, no, this is an emergency. Right. <laughs> call right. Yeah, know, yeah, call yeah. 911. But then there was a point where she, my point was this other thing. Um, my, she at one point leaned against the wall and she had her arm against the wall and she looked at her arm and she couldn't tell the difference between her arm and the wall. Right. It was just mo- molecules. Right. Which is like a trip thing. A psych- mm-hmm. It's totally like a psychedelic type. But we're all right. that. Yeah. We really well, yeah. are that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, that, and that's, you know, it, it's, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's the same yeah. thing. It's the same. It's, it's amazing. I, yeah. I thought it was interesting because so much of what she described was like what you the the state the state of the perception you have when you're tripping on oh, strong yeah. psychedelics it's yeah you see, it's the same thing and it was interesting because it was like her brain was Even mi- the misfiring where, and, and mm-hmm. you know yeah going back and forth yeah which is pretty neat that she can recall that yeah um the the other part about it too that's similar to that is the trip of having a bad trip like someone's bad energy in the room and mm-hmm. you know, feel it. Like oh, there's yeah. no, there's no uh, not feeling it, and um, that can really take over. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she talked about that, and like being in a like a hot hotel hospital room, and a doctor coming in and maybe not looking at her in the eye, and just kind of looking at a chart, and that's it. And she's like, "I'm a human being in here, you know." Uh, like she could still tell what was going on, but she just wasn't quite there yet to right. be able to respond and stuff. Um, yeah. So 
that part of it too is very much like a like hallucinating mm-hmm. you know where it's like i can't handle this one little thing right here you know like right. this is taking over everything right yeah yeah i'm gonna have to find that and put a link up in the description because that video is really amazing yeah the, the ted talk ted right? talk yeah yeah yep. that is a good one it, it can get you choked up too and she's so cool right <laughs> totally you know she's so just like just the coolest animated person right. you know just like uh like a caricature in a way. She's so excited about right. it. You know? <laughs> yeah. And very chill. Yeah. 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 It's like, it's like, it's kind of like that had, had like a, a, maybe she was like this before, but it's almost like it had like a, a positive. Um, yeah. Like a spiritual awakening from that. You know yeah. what I mean? In the same yeah. way that you can from a, from a trip or, or any kind of like spiritual mm-hmm. practice or something. It's weird. Yeah, you know, the other day, um, well, I guess it was a while back, but I was just reminded of it recently because it was for those Proco videos, but they asked about what motivates you or what happens when you aren't feeling motivated or something Mm -hmm. like that. And, or do you struggle with motivation? And I said, no, Um, (laughs) but some people did and they have their things to get out of it and all that kind of stuff. But most of the time the, the answers were more like, um, not actually answering to the word motivation. Uh, motivation is different from like being inspired, right. or, you know, that kind of thing. But um, m- motivation, uh, like as far as me, I know Sam the other day told me, oh, you know, you had this like style that you're working in for like what last five years or so. And I was like, five years? No, a little bit longer than that. <laughs> Just, just a little bit. Right. <laughs> um, that was sarcasm for anyone who can't <laughs> tell. Um, but yeah, I um, the the definitely five years though. I was in that accident. So talking about her having that brain, um, the stroke, um, and that being a ultimately a positive experience Mm. i can say the same for me with that too that experience right it was awful in the beginning and awful in the getting through some things but um and you know it makes you realize you know life is precious and and uh all that (laughs) also but then a lot of people have been through much worse than this and they've survived and they're thriving and you know like all of that and just opens your eyes to everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think as far as I think people see that last five years as being significant in my life. And that would be definitely not a coincidence that Mm. it happened. Interesting. After that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a, that's pretty heavy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but it's I, okay. I it's not heavy. no 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 I, 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 no in a good way i, I think that yeah. um again though we're kind of coming back to how you respond to things and your mindset you yeah. know because i can look i'm happy where i'm at right now like i'm happy happy with yeah. everything i have and i've gone through <clears throat> terrible terrible bad experiences i mean everybody has mm-hmm. all kinds of shit and mm-hmm. um, when you have that gratitude of where you're at and, and being happy, knowing you're doing your best, you're where you're supposed to be to 
the best of your abilities you 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 appreciate all those bad things that happened as like okay they're part of the thing that got me here and i'm happy here so uh, even though this person screwed me over royally or hurt me or did this to me it's like i you know i i I tend to i try and look at things like that sort of like um you know like um i've said this before on the podcast but i think it's such a cool concept like my my dad not my stepdad who was the painter but my biological dad uh he did he you know he he caused a lot of emotional trauma um unintentional emotional trauma to me as a kid right and so i like to look at it like what if instead of going oh he was a fucked up guy he fucked me over he ruined mm-hmm. my life instead of looking at that i i think of it and this is it does it sounds a little bit like self-centered but it's really just a perspective uh, and trying to sort of see things in a positive light i kind of think like wow what what if what if he not that this is true like i said <laughs> it's just a way of of perceiving it what if he made the choice to come into this world and have his abusive family abuse him and become bipolar and be emotionally distant and completely fucked up because he knew that that would get me his son to this place where I'm at now, where I'm happy. What if he gave his whole Mm. life up for me and suffered his whole life just so I could be where I'm at today. And it's like, it's a totally different way of looking at my dad than I used to, you know, before I was more like anger and, Mm -hmm. and uh, you know, Oh, he's just a fuck up, but it's, it's, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do know what you're saying. And I actually, uh, I can say that I'm very grateful that I was able to have those kinds of conversations with my dad before he passed away. Yeah. You know, knowing that he's going, um, you know, it's a matter of time and you don't know the exact time, but you know, it's time. So you're having those conversations Mm -hmm. and, um, and you know they're hard to have, yeah. Especially between you know two or more people that uh, are tough that don't right. <laughs> that don't say those kinds of things a lot. Although I do now, and I think that was one of the conversations we did say earlier on when he was knowing that all these things were happening that um, were leading to his like decline in health. But he was saying that it was you know it's nice to see that his kids have grown to be these thoughtful, caring, you know, p- humans, you know, right. of course you, you hope that for your, your kids, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and I think what he meant by that was that, you know, he was sorry if he wasn't always right. kind, um, all the time. Right. Um, that kind of thing, but, um, you know, having a hard time saying it, but mm-hmm. I think that was where he was going to. And it's good to be able to, to have had those conversations. That's, um, that's kind of, that's one positive aspect of someone, of, of a parent falling ill before they die, because you know, yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of bad to know it's coming, I suppose, but to be able to like <clears throat> make peace, if it's a sudden death and you never got to say what you needed to say, yeah. you know, like I was able to, um, I basically was able to tell my dad I'm I'm happy where I'm at. I don't hold anything against you. It's all good. And I think that w- was good for him. And it definitely was good for me because if he died and I didn't tell him that, I know I would regret it. Yeah. I think that's what I was going to say. I think it was good for me and for him too. Mm-hmm. With my own experience, um, I was able to say that, you know, I'm 
thankful for the sacrifices that he made and and the tough times that they went through to be able to get us what we, we, we have, you know, we were able to do and then now succeed with it. You know? So yeah. (laughs) It's a big therapy session. Thanks. Awesome. (laughs) It's like a back and forth one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> publicly publicly aired uh therapy sessions yeah. well that was this is this is a great time to end we're almost at two hours and uh it's a really positive i could keep going forever because you know you're a great person to talk to and um yeah but thank you for coming on it was i really enjoyed it no oh, thanks for having me yeah, yeah. i did too so <laughs> and cool. it went by really fast even though right <laughs> so it was like a couple hours but. <laughs> That's what everybody says. They always say they forget that that the that I'm recording and that it, they didn't realize how much time has passed. So that's like yeah. a that's like a good thing. I'm proud yeah. of that because <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I'm doing whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> so all right, I'm gonna uh, say uh, thank you everybody for listening and supporting the podcast. And if you want to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash dark art society and you can support for as little as a dollar a month and uh that makes the podcast happen every week so and for those of you who do thank you so much for making this happen and you know i wouldn't be able to have this amazing conversation for you all if, if you weren't supporting so it's much appreciated and do all that sharing and liking and stuff it sounds like sounds so uh, after this deep conversation, it sounds so superficial to say, <laughs> say these things at the yeah, end. Yeah, that's but, a, you, know, you know what? That is exactly what I'm talking about. You know, right, right. we get overwhelmed by the feeling of the way that we can communicate things, and then other times it's overwhelming in one way, really positive, and then it could be overwhelming the other way, right? Like just depending on <laughs> what you woke up with in your mind. Exactly. Okay, so thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Say goodbye. Vanessa, say goodbye to everybody. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. (laughs)